I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. to Unformidable. My name is Brian Salvatore. Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, Unformidable is a show where we look at some of our less heralded players from our beloved franchise's quirky history because every player who dons the orange and blue is, in their own way, Unformidable. You might notice that I'm not Rob Wolf. I am Brian Salvatore. I usually co-host Amazing Avenue Audio, the show, as well as hosting most of the episodes of Amazing Avenue in conversation. But this is our podcast, Switcheroo Week, so here I am on Unformidable. I'm very happy to be here, although I am very nervous to fill Rob's formidable shoes because Rob is, as our own Allison McCaig described him, uh, the Vin Scully of podcasting, just an amazing one-man storyteller. I am not that, but I am here to talk to you about Richard Hidalgo, a little personal history here. I graduated from college in May of 2004, and so I got my first apartment on July 1st, 2004. I had just moved to a new town, and I had actually taken the morning off of my brand new job to wait for the cable guy because I really wanted to get my TV set up so I could watch, among other things, the New York Mets. That night, Richard Hidalgo hit the first of five consecutive home runs, five games in a row, that he hit a home run, setting a Mets record. And uh, I'll never forget that first night in the apartment, drinking some beer on my Ikea couch, watching Hidalgo hit that first home run. 
So uh, Hidalgo has a special place in my heart for that reason, and that is why I wanted to highlight him on this episode of Unformidable. So Hidalgo was born in Venezuela and was signed by the Houston Astros as a free agent in 1991. Um, you know, he had a, a heralded minor league career, but by no means a, uh, a can't-miss prospect, you know, probably a, a B-plus prospect or so from some of the contemporary reports that I was able to find on him. But there's really something interesting that popped up here. And this is something I did not remember, probably because um, in 1997, that was probably the lowest point in my baseball fandom. I had sort of passed through the uh, elementary school watching baseball with my dad, time to being an angsty teenager, more interested in playing his guitar, and uh, watching Kevin Smith movies than I was following baseball. But in the 1997 expansion draft, uh, Hidalgo was protected by the Houston Astros. Because he was protected, they let a player go unprotected who was drafted by the Rays and then quickly traded to the Phillies. That player, fellow Venezuelan Bobby Abreu. And so Hidalgo's career in some ways would always be compared to Abreu's. And that's really hard because Bobby Abreu had a really tremendous career. Uh, he's actually a great, unformidable player maybe for the future. You know, he was a Met in 2014. I know many of us have already forgotten that or maybe would like to have forgotten that. But, um, yeah, so uh, the the trade for uh, Abreu was for uh, shortstop Kevin Stocker. And when you look up like worst trades in Major League history, this is one of the ones that pops up. Obviously, uh, Abreu went on to a great career, and Stocker did not. But um, Hidalgo did not go on to have a slouch of a career either. He first got called up in 1997 for the Astros and uh, appeared in 19 games. He uh, came up in 98 as well, played in 74 games, and started to show some of the power that would become one of his signatures. He had seven home runs in 74 games. Not a prodigious clip, but he did show some power. He also showed off a rocket of an arm, a cannon, rather. Rocket? I don't think I've ever heard an arm referred to as a rocket, and probably for good reason. Uh, he showed off a cannon of an arm, rather, uh, when he came up with the Astros. And, you know, has been a player that... Uh, there's a highlight out there, and I cannot find it for the life of me, but I looked it up, and I actually found a really nice recollection on Crawfish Boxes, which is the Houston Astros SB Nation site that uh, described the play I was thinking of. Uh, neither myself nor uh, Timothy DeBlock, who wrote the uh, article, remember what year it was, but it was um, Hidalgo was playing right field, and uh, Jeff Bagwell was playing first, and Bagwell's shoulder was starting to be a liability. And uh, essentially, there was a um, was a man on third, and there was a shallow pop-up, and Bagwell was the only one who was able to get to it. And the runner at third took off after he caught the ball to tag up because they knew that Bagwell's arm couldn't make the throw. But Hidalgo was backing up Bagwell, and so Bagwell uh, sort of underhand tossed the ball to Hidalgo, who then nailed the runner at home plate. I, I remember seeing that replay, and just thinking, you know, man, that's cool. That was such an amazing play. And before his time with the Mets, that's really the, the, the one single play that I remember from Hidalgo. But in the 2000 season, he had an incredible year. He hit 44 home runs, drove in 122 RBIs, managed to steal 13 bases in there. I went up with an OPS plus of 147, 
came in 20th in the MVP voting, and overall just really had an incredible year, a year that is somewhat out of place with the rest of his career. If you look at his home run totals, uh, in 99, he hit 15 home runs. In 2000, he hit 44. 2001, he hit 19. 2002, 15. 2003, 28. 2004, 25. So even though he did have a couple other 25-plus home run seasons, he never had a season like that. And because of that, when you look up um, you know, seasons of clear steroid use, that season pops up quite a bit. Now, he was not named in the Mitchell Report. We don't have any proof he was on steroids. You know, these type of blips do happen in a career, but because of when it happened and the type of player he was, it it tends to be flagged there. I am not going to weigh in on that because I simply don't know, and I don't want to get sued for libel. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So... Anyway, uh, 2000 was his offensive peak. He started to come around again, as I mentioned, in 2003 when he hit uh, 28 home runs, drove in 88, good for an OPS plus of 143. That year, he came in 18th in the MVP voting for the Astros. Uh, 2003 was um, the last time that he would have any sort of numbers of that uh, stripe with one team. In 2004, he started the year with Houston and really did not look good over 58 games. He only hit four home runs. He uh, he struck out 53 times in 58 games, which is relatively high for him. He was a relatively low strikeout hitter as well as a relatively low walk hitter. He only walked uh, 17 times in those 58 games. But in June of that year, he was traded to the New York Mets. He was traded for uh, a definite good candidate for a future unformidable, if you're listening, Rob. That's David Weathers. David Weathers is one of these journeyman relievers who pitched for everybody. And he was a Met in 2002 and 2003 uh, before being traded in 2004 for Hidalgo. And I forgot how good of a career David Weathers had when he was in New York. In 2002, he had a 138 ERA+, plus, 137 ERA+, plus in 2003, and had put up a, uh, a 101 ERA plus in his 32 games he pitched for the Mets before being traded. He really had a nice little run for the Mets there. Uh, the other player in the trade is a less heralded player, and that is Jeremy Griffiths, who made uh, six starts for the Mets in 2003 for a 7 ERA, uh, gave up 57 hits in 41 innings, uh, striking out. 25, giving up five home runs, walking 19. 
So Jeremy Griffiths and um, David Weathers went over to the Astros for Richard Hidalgo. Richard Hidalgo. Easy for you to say. Uh, so he came up with he came over to the Mets. His first game as a Met was um, June eighteenth, and he got off to a, a little bit of a slow start with the Mets. By the time July hit, he had his best spell as a Met. As I mentioned, starting July first, he hit five. He hit home runs in five consecutive games: one against Cincinnati, three against the Yankees in the Subway Series uh, at home, and one against the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, over his short Met career, he was only a Met for half of one season. He hit 21 home runs. He drove in 52. He walked 27 times. He struck out 76 times. He had a slash line of 228, 296, 463. That's good for a 94 OPS plus. Over the course of that entire 2004 season, he went up with a 90 OPS plus. And, you know, overall looks pretty good for the Mets. But you have to understand, there is a rite of passage for baseball fans of a certain age, and I consider myself one of these. And there was an amazing piece written on Amazing Avenue a number of years ago in 2017 by Matt Vervaro about MVP Baseball 2005, the best baseball video game ever made, the last video game I got obsessed with. And uh, again, I just started my first job out of college. I had a little bit of extra money. I bought a PS2, and this is one of the games that I bought. When I got this game, I was remembering the power surge of Richard Hidalgo in the uh, in the second half of 2004. And so when I made my franchise mode, I traded for Richard, Richard Hidalgo. And that year, playing fantasy baseball, fantasy baseball rather, uh, PS2, MVP Baseball, Richard Hidalgo hit something like 50 home runs for my team. He was incredible in that game. And so whenever I think of Richard Hidalgo as a Met, I think of both that first game in my first apartment at a college, watching him hit a home run, and I also remember MVP Baseball and him just dominating my team when I was the Mets in that game. So anyway, Hidalgo did not re-sign with the Mets in 2005, presumably because they went after Carlos Beltran, and they were already having to move Mike Cameron out of center field to accommodate Beltran. So Cameron moved to right field, which would have been Hidalgo's position, and left field was manned by Cliff Floyd at that time. So there really wasn't a place for Hidalgo as a Met. And so he went back to Texas. He signed a one-year contract with the Texas Rangers, and he had a decent season again. You know, nothing super spectacular, 16 home runs, uh, 43 RBIs, good for an 81 OPS plus. After that, he signed a couple of minor league contracts. He never got a shot in the majors again. He also did something that I think is pretty indicative of most of the unformidable people we've talked about, and that is he played for the Long Island Ducks because, of course, he did. He was a former Met, and that's just what you do. Um, but Hidalgo has had a couple of interesting things happen to him, uh, both during and after his career. One is a really scary moment. In 2002, when he was home in Venezuela, he was shot in his left arm during a carjacking. He was fine. He didn't break a he didn't break a bone. There was no long term muscle damage. You know, in 2003, he had a a very good season and did so after being shot just a couple of months earlier in November at the end of the 2002 season. So uh, that was scary, but he made it through, thank goodness, without any real damage. 
in 2008, after he was uh, done playing, he tried to build uh, what he referred to as a field of dreams on a property he owned in Florida. He had planned to practice there. He was still playing in the Dominican. I'm sorry, in the Venezuelan league at that point. So he was going to use it as a practice facility during the off season, and also he was going to start a youth baseball league, supposedly for kids under 14. But his neighbors blocked that from happening. So uh, sorry, Richard Hidalgo, you don't get to have a field of dreams in Florida, which is really a shame. But the most interesting thing about him recently is that just this year, his son, Rennie Hidalgo, signed a contract with the Miami Marlins. He was signed during the international free agent period. Uh, I couldn't find how much he was signed for, but you know it wasn't one of these sort of big million-dollar signings, but rather a smaller signing. When you look at uh, Rennie Hidalgo, he looks a lot like his dad. But he looks like his dad when his dad was probably nine years old. This kid looks so young. I have never felt older than uh, than I am looking at Rennie Hidalgo's uh, picture with his dad after being signed by the Marlins. But anyway, Richard Hidalgo had a really short time with the Mets, but a time I remember fondly. And hopefully a time that you remember fondly. You know, um, my Mets fandom really kicked back into gear in 2005 when I uh, was able to secure a ticket plan and I went to a ton of games. I went to some playoff games in 2006 and my sort of my modern Met fandom was really birthed that summer of 2004 when Richard Hidalgo was hitting bombs for the Mets. And so I will always remember him. He is truly unformidable to me. Thank you for listening. I hope it didn't disgrace Rob's show too badly by being your guest host this week. I promise he'll be back next week and I'll be over on Amazing Avenue Audio, the show, which comes out every Thursday. You should listen to that show. The Amazing Avenue family of podcasts is having a great year. We're super excited about this stuff. So thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate it. You can get this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Anywhere you get podcasts, you can probably find this and all of our shows. Please go to AmazingAvenue.com where you can get things for your eyes. You can read what we say instead of just listen to it on these podcasts. You can also find Amazing Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. And you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Brian Needs a Nap. Like I said, Rob shall return next week. And until then, let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.